Welcome to the Objective Industry Podcast. This is Nima Fole, your host for today. On this episode, we will be looking at cultural appropriation in the Western music industry. Cultural appropriation in the Western music industry is not a new controversy. Since before the introduction of the cassette tape in 1964, the music of African and African American people has been used by white musicians with no credit given to the original creators of the music. Should these artists' lack of credit to their influences be considered cultural appropriation? With First Nations culture gaining more attention and admiration over the more recent years, is their culture beginning to be appropriated by white musicians for white audiences? These are the questions that we will focus on right after this short message from our sponsors, Evolution Shrimps. Evolution Shrimps, the forefront of the bioengineered pet industry. We call them shrimps, but they're actually pawns. Evolution Shrimps, buy your domesticated land shrimps now! All the benefits of having a dog, but without the maintenance. Take your shrimp on walks. Teach it tricks. Make your shrimp a part of your family. To find out more, visit our website or the nearest pet shop to you. Warning. Keep all domesticated land shrimps away from children, other pets, and, uh, refrigerators. Look out for our domesticated land shrimp 2.0, which is coming soon. New features include a reduced risk of cannibalism, hunger for human flesh, and aggression. Get your land shrimps now. Evolution Shrimps. Alright, without further ado, let's return to the podcast. In this edition of Objective Industry, we will first introduce the issue, then we will talk about some of the history surrounding the topic, then present two subjective perspectives that could be taken on the problem, and we will end off by reviewing some possible effects that the dilemma could cause, as well as a possible way forward that can strike a compromise between the two aforementioned perspectives. To elaborate on this topic of cultural appropriation in the Western music industry, I will need to present some of the history surrounding it. There is no singular musician or band that can be attributed to the initiation of white people's use of black music. However, there are some very early examples of recorded music that was taken from black performers. One such example is Salty Dog Blues, which was recorded in 1926 by the Allen Brothers, but was actually written by black blues artist Papa Charlie Jackson. This trend of white musicians recording and covering black music continued, and in the mid-1950s, Elvis Presley gained immense popularity for his music, which had many elements to it that were taken from African-American musical traditions. The cultural appropriation of First Nations music, on the other hand, has a rather short history, but the main issues have mostly centered around First Nations culture being adapted and appropriated by non-Indigenous musicians. 
In comparison to the appropriation of black music, it is a topic with less examples and information, but it is also a topic that has been developing more in modern times, whereas the cultural appropriation of black music peaked around the mid-20th century. One opinion could be that the appropriation of black culture has run its course and is no longer a relevant topic in modern discussion, and that the appropriation of First Nations culture and music is a more modern, more relevant topic of discussion in modern times. Reasons that the appropriation of black culture in the music industry is no longer a pressing issue would include the increasing popularity of black musicians, the decrease in racism against black people in Western culture, and the fact that African American culture is not in danger of extinction or an extreme decline in population. Reasons that the appropriation of First Nations culture in the music industry is more relevant than the appropriation of black culture include the lower population and risk of extinction for some First Nation tribes, the increased risk of misrepresentation due to less public knowledge about the First Nations cultures, and the dramatic toll that misrepresentation could have on First Nations communities due to assimilation-related loss of culture. The side that would be directly opposing this view would display the opposite beliefs. Supporters of this perspective would believe that the appropriation of black culture in the music industry is a more important and relevant topic of discussion in modern times than the appropriation of First Nations culture in the music industry. This point of view includes the idea that the appropriation of black culture in the music industry has not declined since the mid-20th century, but rather become normalized to the point where it has strong detrimental effects on the black culture as a whole and musical trends that were representative of black culture have now been so appropriated that they are no longer commonly attributed to the culture of their origin. This side would argue that the appropriation of First Nations culture in the music industry is such a small topic in comparison that it may not be worth much conversation due to the fact that so far, it has mostly been limited to the appropriation of First Nations attire in music videos or live performances, and that the First Nations have not seen a widespread appropriation of their culture in the music industry like what happened to African American culture. This side would also make the argument that much of what is labeled as appropriation towards First Nations cultures is actually appreciation, and that the publicity that First Nations communities would gain from this could actually help save their dying cultures. Now for discussing a way forward. There has already been certain laws put in place that have helped decrease the amount of music that has been stolen and appropriated, but those would be insufficient to truly tackle the loaded and highly subjective question of cultural appropriation. A way forward for supporters of the first perspective would be to increase education on First Nations culture whilst monitoring the appropriation of their fashion and music. A way forward for the supporters of the second perspective would be to ensure that proper credit is given to black artists whose music has been covered without credit in the past, as well as acknowledging the cultural origins of certain musical trends, motifs, customs, and techniques. As far as their effects on tourism, the appropriation of both African American and First Nations culture could potentially have negative effects on the tourist industry. When black culture is appropriated to the point of assimilation, people can become unaware of the origins of certain parts of the music they listen to. It's for this reason that the number of tourists visiting areas with high African American populations, just to see the rich musical culture, could be decreased. When First Nations culture 
are misrepresented in the music industry and other industries, tourists can travel places to see First Nations culture with pre-existing misconceptions from appropriated misrepresentations of First Nations culture, causing potential surprise when tourists don't find the experience to be exactly what they expected as well as raising the potential for tourists to be unknowingly disrespectful towards First Nations culture due to misinformation and misrepresentation through appropriated media. Thank you for listening to Objective Industry Podcasts. This is Nima Full. Stay tuned for more quality content.